What's up, y'all? This is Running With War, Saturday, August 10th, 2019. I am Chris Tennant of Regal Radio. As always, want to give up love to our, our editor, our host, our founder, the founder of We Are Regal Radio, Kyle Means, who makes all this possible. But for the time being, it will be myself and our man, the runner extraordinaire, Josh Hicks. And we'll be on here discussing the recently concluded this week, the basketball tournament 2019 TBT which was an absolutely fantastic show, and we were happy to have it here in Chicago. Josh, what's up? What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Joshua M. Hicks, columnist, senior writer for We Are Regal Radio, and the main author of the In The Scope column and podcast. You can check it out on our Inc- on the Anchor app or War on Anchor. And like Chris said, my man's Chris, he, he put it perfectly. This was a perfectly amazing weekend to have the TBT here at Wintrust the Arena, the new and fairly new Wintrust Arena downtown. And it was, the atmosphere was just amazing. Um, to see the fans, they know how to show out. And Chris, you talked about this all the time. Um, the, the rivalry with Marquette and Ohio State is so real, especially from a fan base perspective. Those two schools, they know how to show out some fans. They know how to come out and support their schools and support the and, and support their teams in the way uh, they represent. So to have that type of atmosphere, it really felt like you were. It takes you back to the actual college games that these alumni actually played in. You really felt like you was in that um, that Big Ten versus Big East type of atmosphere, and it was such an amazing experience to have. Man, Chris, talk about how when you vent, when you uh, checked out a couple of the games, what it was like to be in that atmosphere as well. Not just and not just for obviously the two teams that represented the championship, but even the other teams that you covered. It was great. Um, I did a couple stories on the basketball tournament a few years back. Uh, There's a team that I want to give some, uh, give some support and some love to that really got me as I was starting my career, really covering local sports here, the Illinois Hoopville Warriors out of the South, Southeast side of Chicago, out of Roseland. And they played, they played in the tournament, I believe, every year since the start in 2014. And not to not to detract from our main story, but going and watching them play, it was up at uh, DePaul's campus gym up in Lincoln Park. It's a great atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere then. They brought their fans out. The team that they were playing that year, Armored Athlete, had a couple of players from Indiana University, including Christian Watford. So Indiana University had their fans out. And it's really, it's just really similar all the way through. When you have these teams with former college players, especially when they're playing in Chicago, that's such a hub when alumni move on to their next phase of life um, professionally, as as parents, as homeowners, things like that. They never lose that that love, that affinity for watching their college players ball out, especially in the Midwest, where you have such a rich basketball tradition in almost every state in Illinois, in Indiana, in Wisconsin, in Ohio. And that's coming from the high school and AAU and lower level, not just the college. So when I went out there this year and I watched guys from Team Hines play, which who had a didn't have that many players who were local, but you have players that you recognize. Thomas Walkup was on Team Hines. He played for the Windy City Bulls for a year. And players and people remember him from Stephen F. Austin from those great upset teams that they had in the tournament the last couple, three, four years. And then you have, obviously, 
Marquette Golden Eagles alumni, Carmen's Crew, the Ohio State alumni, who have so many players from Ohio State and from Marquette, but also from who played in high school ball in Milwaukee, played high school ball in Chicago and the surrounding suburbs. People are going to come out and cheer for those guys because they remember them. They they have love for them. They have a connection with them from 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 games past, from years past. Nostalgia is one of the most powerful things in human existence. It's just it's just going to remind you of happier times, no matter how happy the times were. If you have something that you can draw back from in memory that you associate with positivity, that nostalgia is always almost always going to bring you back, and it's almost always going to be a really strong force for you. So. Those people who came out who were at Marquette in 03 and 04 when Dwayne Wade and Steve Novak were out there, they're gonna love watching Travis Dean or hoist up threes. Those player people who were out at, at Ohio State in the early 2010s who remember those great teams that were in the tournament every single year when Aaron Kraft and John Diebler and David Lighty and all those and, and you know so on and so on and so on. When they come out, they're gonna be they're gonna remember that. They're gonna be excited to watch them play. So even though it wasn't a full house at Wintrust Arena, they they couldn't, you know, they just they had to lower the attendance, lower the capacity. It was heartfelt, it was passionate, it was ravenous in there. People wanted their guys to win and they were ready to let everybody know it. Yeah, man, it was such. That was I, I like how you put the emphasis on the fact that no matter what era of basketball they may be familiar to, the fact that they represented this school, they represent the fact that they represented this brand, especially within the sport of basketball, it's a huge, it's a, it, it's an automatic draw for people to come out and support. And we, as we was talking about, you know, the history of these of schools, especially with uh, Marquette and Ohio State. It's a, it, it, it kind of was super cool to me um, how Demetri McCamey, a guy that came from, even though he played with Evan Turner, who Evan Turner who at the, uh, was the assistant coach for uh, Carmen Crew in this tournament, for Demetri McCamey uh, to play at U of I against Evan Turner during the college days, and somehow he becomes an honorary member of the <laughs> Ohio State Crew. And to put all that together to create this championship run together, I thought that's a very unique story that really needed some need that we really needed to shed light on because of the fact that most most of the people when you look at these alumni rosters, they have some form some form of affiliation within the college basketball rankings of that school. They all played at some point for that university, especially especially at Ohio State. Demetri McCamey was not on Ohio State roster. No. But because of his, but because of the fact that he has a great relationship with Evan Turner, Evan Turner, he, he, he was like, you know what? Let's bring you on board. Let's put you in this in this room with us to represent this Midwest, uh, this this Midwest function that we're having. And I think it's really interesting how when you brought when you brought up the fact that you know Midwest is like almost the mecca area of basketball from. From grade school to AAU, all the way up even to the college ranks, it's. I think that the the, the addition of Demetri McCamey playing with Ohio State, even though he came from University of Illinois, really harps on that idea that you mentioned. And it's let, let's let's be real about it. If when we go to when when us meaning you and I like non professional non high level athletes. When we go to when we go to colleges and, and even athletes do this too, it's just it's a human need to connect yourself to a group, right? 
So I know I went to Bradley. I feel like a Bradley alum. I want to represent Bradley the best I can. I want to support Bradley the best I can. And it's death to its rivals, right? Like I don't mess with, I don't mess with Illinois State. I don't mess with Northern Iowa. But the players who play on those teams, they're just looking to play ball. And they have the respect and camaraderie with their opponents because they're in the same boat, really. They're athletes trying to play the game. So it's not that big of a stretch for Dimitri McKamey to play with an Ohio State team, even though when I saw it happen and I realized what was going on, it did, it, it hurt me a little bit because I was like, yo, man, you're an Illinois guy. You can't do this, you know, you can't do that. You can't cross the aisle and play for these dudes. But Jeff Gibbs, who was a great player, he had a great tournament for Carmen's crew. I looked him up. He's an older dude. He played college ball in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. But he was from Otterbein University. He was Division Three. These guys, he's from, he's from Columbus, though. So he's a Columbus high school ball player. And so for them to pull him on, you know, he had the connection locally, but he wasn't an Ohio State grad. And he had a fantastic tournament. For a 6'2 power forward, to get out there and play the way he did is not only veteran skill and savvy, but that's a consummate ball player right there. Now to speak to the to the to the mecca of, of Midwest, you know, the 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 place that Midwestern basketball holds in worldwide or, or nationwide even. I mean, this is what we love about basketball, right? The fact that you can just pick up and play wherever, with whomever, at any given time. What when, when I started off my article for this. I was thinking about the way basketball, what you really need to play it. Like you need an object, you need a ball, you need a space, you need a goal, and you need some players. But that ball could be anything. That ball could be a wadded up piece of paper. That ball could be, uh, as, as Rick Tellender, the, the, the longtime writer for Chicago Sun-Times and the Tribune, as he put it, you can make a ball out of a rolled up pair of socks and your goal could be a hamper. And you could make a you, you you can even theoretically have a ball made out of nothing. You could have a goal made out of nothing. And you could have a court that's just anywhere. It could be a school hallway. But as long as you have two people who are ready to compete against each other, you've got a basketball game. You got you got that hallway dunk contest that we keep seeing on YouTube. Somebody runs towards a doorway and they posterize somebody off the top of the doorway, you know? That's a basketball game. So the players that you have out here competing and not only competing for their teams, competing for this prize of $2 million or part of $2 million, they're competing for themselves to show what kind of ball players they are. But yeah, man, there's some Midwest pride in that. There's just some Midwest pride in it. There's a lot of teams coming from all over the country, guys coming from all over the world, really, depending on if they're playing overseas or if they got overseas citizenship even. But it was, it was really cool for those last two teams standing, for Carmen's crew and Golden Eagles alumni, even if not to be from Chicago, to have Chicago players represented, it, represented in it, and to have that Midwest background. That was really cool for me. Oh yeah, it was really cool for me too. Um, it was. It reminded me of those times when growing up, um, I wanna say even personally in high school, kind of shows my age a little bit, but, you know, watch, watching these guys like Aaron Crabb, David Lighty, Jared Sollinger, and Evan Turner play at Ohio State in those college rounds. I remember growing up watching Dimitri McKamey during his, th- during his uh, c- a couple years at U of I. And mm-hmm. 
to see those guys in real form up close and personal you literally i'm literally sitting there at the table and i'm like wow like i'm actually watching guys i kind of idolized as a basketball player when i was still really playing basketball at a very competitive level during those high school years i'm looking at these guys and thinking to myself that at the end of the day i looked up to these guys to play college basketball that was always been a dream of mine they're playing at one of the highest levels in the biggest and best conferences they could that you could ever play it at and to see that live in action to see that number one they still got game these guys can still ball and whether you're talking about and obviously you can argue that it may not be from an NBA perspective which I was able to mention in my conversation with Demetri McCamey in the article uh, where we talked about that a little bit but the fact that you that these guys can still ball and play at a competitive level it shows that at the end of the day a game there's no age on the game of basketball there's never going to be an age on the game of basketball. If you can move and you can dribble a ball, and like you mentioned before, if you can shoot and you got that competitive, you got if you can have a basketball, you can have a hoop, and you have at least two people going at it. You, like you said, you got a game, and it testifies to. And this tournament really testified to. No matter what type of level from a professional standpoint you can play at, if you can play, you can you're gonna ball. And it, it really testified to that because, you, like you said, you saw these alumni that are play, that are not in the NBA. They're not in the G League. And, and most of them are, you know, playing overseas. Or even some of them are actually at home still waiting for a gig. Mm-hmm. But they utilize this opportunity to show that we can still ball too. We still got some game in our system and we're not done giving up the game. And it really testifies to the fact that, for me, there's no such thing as age limit when it comes to playing a game of basketball like this you can literally play this all your life if you if you're in shape if you got the skill set to do it you can literally play this game especially at a competitive level all of your life and these guys really demonstrated that for me so to see that up close in person really shows the type of heart and dedication it is not just to stay active but to stay ready for situations like this and and utilizing these opportunities to show to showcase your talent to where if you played in this tournament now you may now that might boost your chances of even go of maybe getting a, of that permanent overseas gig or that permanent G League invite or maybe even just the invite to the training camp for the M- for an NBA team it's it was a, this tournament served as a good base for those type of guys that aren't in the league when it comes to the NBA and what they have to offer it gives them a seat at the table to show that hey maybe we can fit into the league and other teams can consider those guys and give them maybe, and like you said, give them that invite to show, for them to showcase their talents. Just like the TBT gave the gave the platform for them to showcase the talent that they still have. And you're, you're obviously right about that. It's when it started, it kind of had this this not DIY. DIY is a phrase that's overused a lot, but just I, I called it a, a pickup mentality of anybody can come and create a team and then come out and play. And hey, you've got a shot to win. At that time, it was a uh, half a million dollars was the grand prize for the winner. And so there were teams like that. There were teams that were just, you know, these are my childhood friends. These are friends of ours from where we grew up. We're going to make this team. We got people we know that we can, that are our fans and they'll be our boosters. That's how the system's always been. Teams recruit boosters that um, just draw more fans, draw more fans, basically support these, these guys on their way, to, ideally, to the championship. 
And now it's become more of a showcase for players who are pros or uh, former pros or just starting out their pro careers, but who couldn't make it up to the top level in the NBA or even a high level overseas gig to showcase their talents, like you said. But now you've got players who are very nearly removed from a successful career or who have been playing overseas for a good amount of time, like still at a high level, who are finding it worth their time to come out and participate in this tournament. And case in point, Jonathan Simmons is still a fresh name for a lot of people from his time with the Spurs, from his time with the Magic. And he played minutes, not extended minutes, but minutes for the Sixers this spring in the playoffs. And here he was at TBT this year playing for Overseas Elite, a team that had won the championship the last four years running. Now, I don't know if they felt they were slipping or they lost guys and they could use somebody else to help bolster their roster that was almost, you know, a ringer kind of player. No disrespect to them, you can do that. You can add players at the regional level. You can add players who aren't on your roster from the beginning of of the tournament. That's not a big deal. But to see a guy like Jonathan Simmons out there who is who has been making NBA money for the last three or four years, who has been on nationally televised games, who is in the consciousness of basketball fans, to see him playing at this tournament, it's a big step for the tournament overall. It's a big step for the basketball tournament overall because that shows that they can get these players to take time out of whatever their schedule might be or to take time out of whatever they think they can do in terms of going overseas, in terms of playing uh, summer basketball in terms of trying to get a training camp tryout to come out to their tournament, increase its profile, and they believe that it will increase their profile as well. And then going forward, you might see guys from the NBA who were on the who are on the roster at the end of the bench or a fringe roster invitee come out to TBT to try and boost their stock, like you said. So now, with that being said, I when I asked Dimitri McCamey the conversation, but then the conversation that we had, I asked him, "Does he see this league being an alternative, a professional alternative for if you don't make the NBA and you really don't want to go overseas? Does, do, does do athletes utilize this tournament as a base, like you said, not just a showcase, but to even be a residual income as an opportunity and an option for them to stay home and just play ball for what they do while making money?" And he said, most definitely, he agrees with that. And he even alluded to the fact that even if you win the tournament, this you can either win the tournament and just stay home and continue to develop on your game, or you can win the tournament and just go back to playing overseas and add more money to the income you just made. So to have that flexibility to do those things, could this, op- could, in your opinion, Chris, could this be an opportunity for the TBT to grow and build like the big three has, where you have players that either are in the league still or maybe free agents in the league but aren't getting any type of um, calls from, from uh, teams in the NBA or people that have just fallen out the league in general and they can utilize their time to play in the big three can they can you can they utilize that same opportunity with the TBT and could TBT actually grow to be a big three because they are because even though they may not have the the right big name talents on that roster or that's playing on the court consistently, you got the TV deal because they're with ESPN. You got the money aspect because 
every year as it's tournament begins to grow, the 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 prize of the money grows. This year was at the highest it's ever been with two million dollars, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that with the with the um, the amount of responses and feedback they got from that tournament, it's gonna that that prize money is gonna go up even higher. So now as they continue to invest in the tournament and continue to invest in the product itself, could the TBT be the next local big three? I don't think it's going to get to that level just because I don't think that John Mugar and the rest of the the people behind the tournament, I don't think they want it to be a full-scale basketball season of any kind. I think they like the fact that it's a short-format tournament, one-round, one-round, single elimination like that, because that... I think is familiar to their base, to their to their fan base. Again, we've got co- we've got guys who were former college stars who have played overseas, but they're not creating new names for themselves. And this might have been encouraged by the tournament directors, but they're coming in as college alumni. You see, so it's it has that feel of the NCAA tournament more so than a a new basketball league with a new basketball season. So when you have that kind of format and when you're when these teams are marketing themselves as such, that's what they're drawing on is that college affiliation, that college affinity, and that lends itself to a single elimination bracket kind of tournament, which is how they've always marketed themselves. It's the basketball tournament. When you have the big three, they're playing a regular season, trying to get to the playoffs. And it's it's a different, it's a different um demographic, it's a different niche that that Ice Cube and the, the Big Three is going for. I think there's another great summer basketball tournament, but it's really more of a one-stop for guys to market themselves. And there's the players who have played in it almost every year. Uh, DJ Kennedy comes to mind for Overseas Elite. And the team that I was talking about before, Hoopville Warriors, they played in it every year with pretty much the same roster. Um, Osiris Eldridge, who's a South, who's a South Side of Chicago product, who went to um, IS Who again, Bradley grad, so I can't say it, but he played on Overseas Elite this year. He had played for Hoopville Warriors a couple of years before, and so these guys are like we said, they're trying to market themselves as ball players who can still make an impact for a high level professional team. But I don't think that it's I don't think that it's that they would like to take time out of their their summer schedules, especially if they've been playing overseas already, because the guys that you see in the big three, unless I'm unless I'm wrong for the most part, they aren't picking up after the big three season and going and getting an overseas contract. These are guys who played NBA, 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 NBA every year of their career, and then they're coming and playing this half court uh, format of basketball, and so it's it's taking it's easier for them after they played 94 by 53 for so many years to play on a more half court format so i think the i think tbt is something uh, separate from that idea of a competitor a competitor league for the nba or overseas leagues no i agree with you i think although if they really wanted to push it i'm pretty sure they would have the potential to do it but like you said, sure. it fit, but it, it definitely fits the narrative that you want to promote. It gets that extra demographic that not all other leagues really do. People can look at the G League as supposedly a development league, but at the end of the day, you're NBA bound. You can work mm-hmm. within the NBA league, a professional league. These these type of uh, tournaments like the Big Three and the TPT, even though they may have NBA players that represent it, 
it doesn't mean that they're obligated to get to that next highest level of competition within the NBA. So it provides that platform for them to showcase that. And TBT is a lot shorter, like you mentioned, and it makes sense for those type of guys, especially if they're doing overseas contracts. And and I agree with you. It should and it should stay that way, even though it does have the potential to grow like that. But another element that for this tournament specifically that I really want to harp on is the support of the NBA players in general. Uh, Demarcus Cousins was a T was a TB team uh, GM, and he was one of the judges for the post rise dunk contest that you mentioned in your article. Chris Paul owned a TB team team. He was in town, and even and even though his team lost in the regional. He stayed for the entire tournament and was at the championship game to support the winner of that team, the winner of that uh, entire tournament. Evan Turner is an assistant coach for the alumni team, and for as an he's an, you know he's an assistant coach for the school that he represented. He's an, as an alumni for. Right. I, harp on the fact on the importance of these NBA players showing support for players that are trying to get to the same levels as they are. I mean, it's it's great for it's great for the, the the fans definitely, because in the same way that they know Jonathan Simmons as an NBA player, and they're like, whoa, you know, there's some cachet to this tournament. If NBA players are out here, seeing a guy like Evan Turner on the bench, Jared Sullinger, seeing guys like that on the bench for these teams, is going to add some cachet to the tournament. Um, and the guys who haven't maybe haven't made it to the NBA, who are playing on these teams, who didn't know those guys from school. Or who didn't know those guys, they can you know, they can talk to them. I think there's an opportunity for them to 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 really be in close proximity with those guys to pick their brains about stuff. Uh, the way that uh, Chris Paul and Aaron Kraft were at the basketball clinic, the Saturday basketball clinic, that was a prize for a lot of local kids on um, the in that championship weekend. The same way that those kids can talk to those guys about what it means to be a high level basketball player specifically for those two, a high-level point guard who is fixated on defense. These players who are, like we said, fringe players who haven't quite made it to the level they want yet, they can pick the brains of those guys. They can ask them what it means to make to make it to the level that they have made it to. They can talk to them. They can, they can, they can get knowledge from them, basically. Now... For them to be, I think, I think it's still more just adds to to that that camaraderie that you have at a college level. For and that's the reason why you have a guy like Evan Turner coaching, why Jared Sullinger was coaching these teams because they have so much camaraderie and they have so much love and passion for their school, for Ohio State, and for the guys who are playing on the teams that they played with when they were in college. There's there's just something about that. And, and not to take away from anybody who, who didn't go to a four-year school, but it's the same way where you have some where you have some things in high school where you have people, if it was if it was a good time for you, where you have an affinity for those people who you remember and who you you grew up with. College is the same. And it's even better uh, in my estimation because you're more mature. You can appreciate things more. You're more formed. You're more fully formed. And so the person that you are at that point in time is not unfamiliar to the person that you are five or 10 years later. And so me personally, I love my friends from college and I love those ball players that I watched in college 
because they represent a time of my life that was so good and so uh, where I, I gained a lot of knowledge and learned about myself and was able to flesh out more of who I am now. And it might not go as deeply for other people, but for those guys who are on the bench, it's they're able to come back to that time a little bit. The NBA is great, but as any player will tell you, and, and as I talk to uh, our man Gene from the bigs, it's a business when you're playing ball as a pro, it's a business. So you're trying to make the best life you can for yourself. And you're going to try and get that best paycheck that you can. And so Evan Turner had a really good playoffs. And now he's in a, with the, with uh, Portland. He had a really good playoffs with Portland. And now he's in Atlanta because they saw that. They have a, a team that's on the rise. And they realize that they can have him. So he's bounced around a lot in his career. But like he told you, Josh, he's had the most fun of his career playing basketball. He has the most fun when he's back in Chicago. And so he's not only back in Chicago for this tournament, he's back in Chicago you know, coaching with guys that he balled with when he was a young man, 19 and 20 years old. And that's just a time that you can't, you can't go back to that time, but this is a really good opportunity for those guys to get close to going back to that time. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. You hit it, you hit it right on the head. And I was about to reiterate on that. Evan Turner, uh, when he told me that, he, he said it's nothing like playing for your home city, Chicago, and not just for Chicago, but for your boys that you want, that you grew up with, he he literally told me that these are some of his best friends and best guys that he actually are that he's hung out with and been really close with on Earth, and to be able to compete with them is the most fun thing he can ever have in basketball. And and it talks about the re, that he really harped on that reunion aspect and how he had so much love to represent a university that always treated him right. He matter of fact, his exact words that he told me was. He's been fortunate to choose the right university where he always felt like he was at home anywhere in the world, from family, support, etc. Ohio State offered him that, and to do, and to be a part of this tournament with his bros that he went on that journey with, mm-hmm. it just really spoke a lot of volume to the impact that TBT really has, not just on its, not just on the people that are, you know, trying to showcase the talents, but the players they shared, they used to share these bonds with, like you mentioned, in past times. It literally became a reunion for some of these guys. And more specifically, with Ohio State Carmen Crew. That, for that alumni team to come together, a lot of those guys played in the same era at the same time. Right. And they were legit teammates. So for them to come back together to put this reunion, kind of a reunion tour, in a sense, together to win this championship really meant a lot to them individually, emotionally, especially, and even for Evan Turner, guys like Evan Turner, who out of that entire crew is the only main relevant NBA star in the league. And for him, he even said that was the most, well, that's always going to be, this is always going to be one of the most important accomplishments of his career and of his life because of the fact that he got to celebrate this with his friends that he, with some of his best friends that he called here on earth. So that really is an interesting aspect that, um, TBT really had to offer for these guys and just to piggyback real quick on the importance of mentoring a lot of NBA players don't uh, even like you said it's a business for a lot of these guys so, you de- so even though you're developing bonds it doesn't mean that the bond is going to last it may only last during your tenure on a certain team and to have guys like DeMarcus Cousins Chris Paul inve- and Evan Turner invest in these type of tournaments to give back to reach out to those guys 
and to give them whatever advice that they can to eventually help them make it to the next level, it's important to have that in any league, in any relationship that you have. And for the NBA players, for those big superstar NBA players who support that narrative and to truly give back, really testifies the individuals that the league has, the individuals that um, represent the league, and quite frankly, how much, uh, how much support and how much of a eye level of talent that they see in these guys for them to make it to the next levels of where they want to go to. If I know for a fact, even though I may not be where I want to be, I'm not going to invest all my time in someone that, that, I, that fully doesn't want to take the time to learn what I have to teach them. And these guys really showed them and demonstrated that, especially with Chris Paul and Aaron Kraft, like you mentioned uh, earlier. It's just amazing that from a mentoring stand, standpoint, how these NBA players decided to give back in their own way. And, and, and within that way, make it in a fun, creative way for these developing talents or even these super professional overseas talented players that came back together to play on the big stage even for them to continue to for them to move forward to continue to for these guys within the actual tbt uh tournament to pick the nba players brains to pick their minds like aaron Kraft did with chris paul it's it's just amazing to see the relationships that are being formed and that, be, that are being formed and bonded when it comes to uh, professional relationships, professional uh, work, and building each other up to live out the dreams that everybody wants to live. And I think it's very vital that the NBA now doesn't just continue to highlight on that, but continue to support it because it's a because everyone has the dream to live in the NBA, but only a very small percentage are actually going to make it. Let alone not just make it, but have a longevity career of it, make an honest living, and live your career through it. So, and. A prime example is the people that actually represent this league. Evan, like I mentioned earlier, Evan Turner is the only player on the actual roster, professional roster, that's still in the NBA and playing at a high level, making millions of dollars in the NBA. Jared Soldier didn't last that long in the NBA. He only lasted a few years, and then he had, and then he fell off the league. So, to have that type of relationship and rapport with professional athletes like that, and those NBA players willing to give back that time and talent to help these guys continue to showcase their talent and not just showcase their talent, but maybe even set themselves up for a potential opportunity down the line that may eventually involve maybe something small, but yet a big deal. Like um, like an NBA ca- a training camp invite with training camp coming up, or maybe, a, or maybe a more permanent overseas gig. If you're really looking to go overseas, you have a more permanent type of situation where you could stay overseas for a long period of time. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe you can get a G League invite as well to where you can work in the NBA in the G League. And with the G League now making rules that you can basically pay players a certain amount of money, you can those people can make a decent amount of li- maybe make a honest living in the G League as they, and work within the G League to make it to the NBA. So to have that come to have that come uh, come lottery together, man, it's just it's just an impressive aspect that the TBT really really um offered all players including the nba players that really owned or whatever the gms are really own these teams that's that's true there's that's exactly true just having these guys who not only are nba veterans to be able to educate the younger players or the players who are trying to get to that point to be nba veterans at some point but 
just to give them the chance to showcase their talents. And, you know, maybe you'll see the NBA encouraging this or, or sponsoring it in a certain way because the NBA, again, is a business. And as much as any other professional sports league, they want to put themselves as much in the consciousness as anybody else. But it would be helpful maybe for guys who are coming out of college to hook on with TBT if they if they went undrafted rather than going to summer league just do this two-week tournament get their espn time and then parlay that into an overseas contract and then maybe a couple years down the line you'll see them in an nba uniform for more than just a summer league or a training camp game so the tbt prestige has grown as we said two million dollars from five hundred thousand uh, a professional arena, Wintrust Arena. And by the way, it was great to see the WNBA players next to Chris Paul on Tuesday night from the Chicago Sky, Diamond the Shields, Chloe Jackson, the recent Baylor grad, and Jontel Lavender, who is the leading scorer and rebounder in Ohio State women's basketball history. That has to be said. So not only was it great to see those pros out there, but it's great to see how it's grown and just from my opinion, how it's retained to that pickup basketball atmosphere where guys are just out there competing against each other. There was a great moment where Jeremy Pargo from Overseas Elite, also a Chicago product, was really jawing back and forth with two guys from Carmen's crew during their game who were sitting on the baseline before the referees came and said, hey, y'all can't sit on the baseline like that. But it was almost like that, that you know, who, the guys who were on the sideline who were waiting for the next game, who were yelling at the guys on the court, like, yo, you can't ball. No, you you no, you you ain't you ain't supposed to be out here, and then do it on the court is giving it back to them like yo, yo if y'all should have been out here y'all would have been playing right now something like that you know, it was it was just a great tournament overall for the just the physical aspect of the just the game of basketball itself but then the possibilities for those players who are playing in it what it could be for their future, so it's been running with war. Obviously, want to give it up, give it over to Josh. Josh Hicks, senior writer for for Regal Radio, in the scope coming out every single week. And Josh is going to keep on push, pushing part land into bigger and better things. Josh, I know you talked about TBT in your latest column for In the Scope, but what are things that you've got working? What are things that you want the people to read about that you've been working on? Next column coming up is the Rich Paul Rule and uh, my intake on that with the NCAA. And also, be on the lookout for Chris's column above the clouds. We will be co- we will be covering a few Chicago Sky games within the next couple weeks. So be on the lookout for Chris doing this. Chris and I doing our thing out there. And for Chris's column above the clouds that's com- that comes out weekly, my man is killing it. He is killing it. You have to invest and support his column and the work that he's been putting out with, Chicago, with the Chicago Sky. He's been covering all year round. He's been doing it for years, and for sure he's been on it consistently all throughout this year with the Chicago Sky, so be on the lookout for that as well. And make sure you pay attention to the site. We got a lot of good stuff uh, coming up. Football season's coming around. Bears are back in the play, so we got Ryan Bukovetsky's column with the Bears linked up with Kyle Means. And with the Big Three winding down, we got our intern Ian Jackson coming up with Big Three content. So we got a lot going on with the website, but for sure, with me, got my be on the lookout for my intake or my viewpoint on the Rich Paul rule. And like I said, like I mentioned before, Chris and I will be at the Chicago Sky, a couple Chicago Sky games within the next couple weeks. So check us out at Winchester Arena and be on the lookout for my man Chris's column 
above the clouds. It's a must read. Many thanks, Josh. Definitely excited for this upcoming. I mean, the way sports is going right now with with the NFL coming back on, with college football coming back on, with the MLB season winding down and NBA and NHL just a couple of months away, it's going to be hot. So stay tuned to Regal Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Regal Radio 1. Follow me on Twitter at Quandary Kitten, K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten. And follow Josh Hicks at jhicks 42 on Twitter. Again, thank you to Josh. Thank you to our founder, Kyle Means, who makes this whole thing go. This has been Running With War, Josh and Chris edition on the Basketball Tournament 2019. And until next time, folks, be good and do great things.